0: Welcome in to the Dolphins in Depth podcast. As always, this week, the tank is back on, but the tank is sucking edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. Adam Beasley, this was your idea, and (laughs) you have ruined the entire tank, my friend. Yeah, it's
1: the too little, too late edition, because... uh, they done messed up and in, won uh, in, in too many games to get the number one pick.
0: Well, it's not just that. Um, yeah, they did. They're not gonna get the number one pick. We, oh, oh no, we suck again. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna fail at tanking. But the thing about it is, um, it's not just the number one pick. It's that now that the pool of likely I don't know, uh, top five type quarterbacks has diminished by one with Tua T- Tongo Aloha, um having that surgery on his hip and that hip surgery and also facial surgery on his nose, not that that one matters, but what a disaster. What a disaster losing Tua.
1: Yeah, it it, it was brutal because... We're starting to come to grips with the fact that the Dolphins are going to probably pick 3, 4, or 5. That's the overwhelming favorite, is that they'll, they'll pick either somewhere between 3rd and 5th, uh, unless the Redskins somehow beat the Giants, which uh, could happen, but the Redskins are really, really bad. The battle um,
0: of that.
1: Yes. Do you know that game's the same day as Dolphins-Bengals? It's basically like the final four... <laughs> Of piss <laughs> Yes, it's the final four of the tank, and the championship weekend comes the next week. So, um, but yeah, you would think there are still a fair number of really good players at the top end of the draft that even if they pick third, they'll end up with either Chase Young or the number three quarterback. And it's neither of those, neither, neither those scenarios would be terrible. Now what the scenario might be is... You hope you get Chase Young, because if not, you're going to have to make a very hard decision if you're the Dolphins. You're going to have to either decide between maybe Justin Herbert, who chose shows promise, has all the ability in the world, but let's just say he's not the most natural quarterback, and or going the tour route and, and, and staying the course and using a top five pick
0: on a guy who seems to be, at the very least, a bit fragile. The Yeah, the problem with Tua, obviously, is, look, he's going to be back. They're, they're saying three months, um, and they're saying full recovery. Even if that is true, even if that is true, he comes into the draft, assuming he does, by the way, because he still can return to Alabama, um, he would come into the draft with a huge huge durability red flag in that it wasn't like this amazing, terrible hit that he took. He was taken down in what looked like a routine sack to be honest with you. Pulled down from behind and you know, he broke. And he's already had two um, ankle surgeries. And so it's like What's next? The guy is not huge. He's six foot and like 220 during the season. Um, that, that is troubling. It's not so much anymore about can he throw the football? Can he succeed playing the position? It's can he stay on the field?
1: Yes. There, there are so many layers to this, Armando. And in fact, uh, cynically, the development of the last two, three weeks has been a boom to us, not to the Miami Dolphins, but to you and me and everyone else who covers the Miami Dolphins, because it is so fascinating now what could unfold uh, in, in the weeks to come. They're going to have – the combine is going to be the most important week of Tua's career. Um, I doubt he'll throw. I'm sure he won't run. But he has to go there and not only answer questions to every team – but he has to pass a physical, so to speak. He, the, the medical for him that week, the end of April, I'm sorry, the end of February, beginning of March, is is critically important to him. Now, I know there is some talk he might stay for his senior year. Um, I think that would be a mistake, and I think a team could guarantee that doesn't happen. If wink, wink, nod, nod, a team with two top 15 picks goes to Tua and says, "You will not get past the 15th pick in the draft. You will be a first round pick." and we will build around you, my guess is he'll come out. Because even though there is real money difference between being a top five pick and a top 15 pick, um, it's not enough to risk, A, to lose a year of earnings because that's what he would do. He'd lose at least another year of earnings going back to Alabama. And, B, to risk injury and getting to zero because if he breaks again next year in college, uh, he's undraftable. Like No one would touch that dude. So I I think he will end up coming out for those reasons. Um, But the Dolphins are going to have to make a really, really tough decision. Do they use a top-five pick on a guy who's made a glass? And if they don't, they think, hey, we can wait until our second pick, which will be somewhere in the mid-teens, unless the Steelers get their act together offensively. Um, Do we we gamble that he'll be there in the mid-teens, maybe move up to 11 or 12 to ensure we get the guy? It is, it is an incredibly fascinating subplot, and it's going to be the storyline of the entire offseason for the Miami Dolphins.
0: Look, uh, so the Miami Dolphins had done a lot of work on Tua Tagovailoa, and they've done a lot of work on Joe Burrow. Um, the owner of the team has gone to see both of them play. Mm-hmm. The general manager of the team, Chris Greer, has gone to see them play in multiple games. Here's my suggestion, Adam. You are now in full onslaught Justin Herbert territory. Ooh. You better you better go be all over that guy and figure out for sure, for sure, for sure, if he is um, uh, an option and if he is your option for your forever franchise quarterback pick next April because – um, he looks the part, he's, you know, he's 6'6", and he's 240, and he has a great arm, and he's a great leader, and he's a smart kid, and all of that. But they need to know if he is a likely NFL star, at the very least, a likely franchise quarterback in the NFL, um, because that guy would be the next obvious pick for the Miami Dolphins to make.
1: Yeah, and, and I have deep, deep reservations about that dude. Uh, I agree with everything you said. One thing you did not mention when it comes to pluses for him is pocket awareness and instinct. And he doesn't have either of those things. And we just got through a seven-year experiment with a guy that didn't have either of those things. And it costs more head coaches and general managers their jobs than I can count on my hands. And I, I I can't live through that again. I'm sure the Miami Dolphins can't live through that again. And if the and if Chris Greer who saw people's careers end because of that quarterback and sees far too similar too many similarities to that dude, he will sit, he will punt, he will take a quarterback in the second round and then go back into twenty twenty one and get their guy with maybe he trades back from four to a team that loves Herbert. and 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 takes a lower-risk quarterback in in either the late first or the early second, and then if that doesn't pan out, you'll have three or four first-round picks next year to go get your guy. Assuming your owner doesn't say, listen, enough of this you know, jerking around. We're we're, we're taking the guy. We love him. Unless the owner steps in and does that, I I, I think Chris Greer might be inclined just to say, I'm going to get one shot at this. I'm not going to take my shot with Ryan Tannehill, Jr.,
0: well, okay, so you know, obviously, I have great respect for your opinion, and you think that Justin Herbert is a fool. I get it. I don't. I'm not there. I'm not there yet. I need to see more. Uh, I've seen some very good things from Justin Herbert, and obviously, I've you know, I'm hoping that that when he plays better competition and better teams that he shows us something that suggests he is the guy. But i would never, ever see any scenario where the Miami Dolphins punt, punt on the idea of drafting the quarterback, their forever quarterback, to next year. And this is the reason. Number one. I think we've already seen that every plan that they might have for having uh, or for getting that, that top pick, it has 30 subplots and it can't be made in a vacuum and it always fails in that they are trying to lose this year. They built themselves for losing and tanking. And they're being out tanked. Now, next year, after Chris Greer spends a hundred million dollars in cap space and adds three first-round picks, if that's what he does, and two second-round picks, you're telling me they're going to be worse <laughs> and bad enough to have to get to the number one pick to get, uh, you know, uh, Lawrence from Clemson? That's never going to happen. That will never, ever happen. I have a rejoinder to that, but we first, need to
1: take a second to hear from our sponsors. Armando, I completely agree with what you're saying. There are so many variables that could go wrong, so many careers on the line, so little patience for the owner to punt, as you said, on the year. But I will say this. They could set themselves up into in, in a way that they have three, maybe even four picks in the top 35 again next year. And if you want to package all those dues together to get one guy, you can, and it doesn't have to be. Yeah. It, it does. It doesn't have to be Trevor Lawrence. It doesn't. And and if I were Chris Greer, I would be petrified of being rushed into a bad decision. And and I guess I you know that's what football comes down to. You know, you'd know, you you, you, you you'd make the best of what you have. But the people in that building are pretty smart, and they should be able to communicate to their owner, do you want to build all this up for a guy that we're just, uh, about, just okay about, uh, that we're, we don't have great conviction about, and that we're nervous might be a reprise of the last dude we have? Are, are, is that what you want to do? And if the owner says yes, do it, then it's out of your hands. Then you go ahead and do it. But there, there have been some catastrophic developments, most notably Tua, to this plan this year that they're, if, if they're forced into making a decision just because they have to make it, they're going to end up making a bad decision, in my opinion. Adam,
0: I have great respect for you. I have great respect for your opinion, even if it's wrong. <laughs> uh, what I would say to you is this. I have suddenly made you Chris Greer. I have suddenly turned myself into Steven Ross. I'm very rich. (laughs) I'm not doing this podcast anymore. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, You're telling me as the general manager of the Miami Dolphins that my phone is ringing and I have to take it? No. I'm rich. I don't have to take anything. (laughs) And on top of that, you're telling me that, hey, we just, you know – Sucked for a year and the product of our suck is we still can't find the quarterback that we love. Let's, let's try again next year. Are you kidding me? Um, how can you guarantee me that next year the team will be bad enough that it'll be in the top five again and not only that, that if the top quarterback in the draft is going one or two, suppose that there's two of them, that the two teams that need that have those positions, how can you guarantee me that we can put up enough resources together together to get those picks when this year we have three first round picks this year, two next year, and we can't convince the first-round Cincinnati Bengals first overall to, to possibly give up on Joe Burrow so that we could take him. It's, it's, it's not plausible.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, that is going to be his response. And Chris Greer is going to have to have courage, and he's going to have to have fortitude and say, Steve, I love you. I appreciate the paychecks, but I disagree with you. And here's why I disagree with you. We know what does not win a Super Bowl, a mediocre quarterback, a quarterback we don't love. Do you want to make that mistake again at even a higher cost if it's a third or fourth pick? If you want to try it, that's cool. We can do this. You want to force Herbert on me? That's fine. Well, you got to let me hedge my bet. And you know what you're going to have to let me do? Use my second first-round pick to take Tua, to let me get both of those guys. Because if I get both of those guys... One of those two guys are going to pan out for me, and if it's Herbert, great. And if it's not, it'll be Tua. But one of those two guys will be my franchise quarterback. We will emerge from this whole mess with a franchise quarterback. We'll let them duke it out, we'll let them compete. The best man will win. The best man will lead us to a Super Bowl. But if you're forcing Justin Herbert on me now, I'm going to force Justin. I'm going to force Tua. Talk about low on you. Ten picks later, that's the deal.
0: Yeah, no, that's fine. And uh, you know. <laughs> You're you're very um you're very strong-willed there, Chris Greer. Um, you're fired. How's that? <laughs> that's fine. Good luck winning. And, uh-huh. and, and Bowl. Good, <laughs> good luck winning <laughs> the Super Bowl, Steve. And I need. <laughs> that's fine. You'll never win it. Uh, by the way, you've been <laughs> here 20 years and you've never won it. But nonetheless, nonetheless, I need somebody that's going to find that guy. And draft that guy. And my the promise to me was this is the year. And now once the it's like you're trying to date me, but you're not giving me a ring. <laughs> I, I want the ring. Okay. I, I, yeah. Okay. Here's the thing.
1: You want the ring, but we found out mid courtship uh, that you've got three kids you didn't tell me about, and $160,000 in credit card debt. Situations change. I need a lot of time to readjust. If if you would come in with a you know an 890 credit score and a and a pristine background with no obligations, here's the ring. Unfortunately, things change. Do you want to force me into a shotgun marriage and get divorced in three years? You can if you like.
0: No ring, no sing. <laughs> I'm cutting you off. This is that, that's it. No, I, I get it, but. I mean, that, that whole argument is like, um, how long are we going to do this? Because I've got a stadium to fill. I've got fans to answer to. I, I've got a team that I have to run, and I'm 80 years old.
1: Would you, be, mean, our, would you be all right if Greer said, we will take Jalen Hurts or Jordan Love or insert high-rising quarterback X here with their third pick after getting two subjects. They're getting Chase Young, who I know Giamondo loves, and yes. getting an offensive tackle who can actually block with the second first-round pick. And then we'll take a shot in our quarterback. If he pans out, awesome. We hit the lottery. And if not, we will attack it next year when maybe the number one prospect in the draft doesn't have a hit that explodes.
0: So basically what you're telling me is, and, and this is the bottom line, Adam, This is all a lottery. Um, uh, The whole grand plan of this year was no plan. The whole thing about we're going to be in a position to get our quarterback come come what may, either because we are bad enough that we have the first overall pick, or we have mucho resources, both of those – is going down the tubes as we speak. And so I need a plan, not a lottery pick, not a shot in the dark. And what I see here is that we are operating by the seat of our pants, and we're hoping that something goes right. I don't think the New England Patriots operate that way. I don't think the Baltimore Ravens operate that way. I don't – I just don't. I don't see any NFL team that says, Hey, let's see. Let's take a shot. Because that is a a a disaster in the making. Well,
1: I, I would I would agree with you largely. I think it's a bit unfair unfair in this way. Um I think it would be professional malpractice to take a quarterback in the top five that you don't love. I think it would be and uh, if, if the owner is going to put that kind of pressure on a GM, they deserve to lose because you can get a lot of very, very good football players with a top five pick, quarterback included. But if it's not the right guy, you wasted that pick, and you put yourself back. And so I would hope that Steve would think maybe we're trying to build a complete roster here. And, yes, getting a quarterback is priority one, but it's not priority only one and there are other huge holes that this team has to fill, and maybe we go kick the tires in Teddy Bridgewater again and pair him with Jordan Love, and and, and, and maybe something works out there that's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen. Because you're not winning the Super Bowl in 2020 anyway. You're not. You'll be lucky to make the playoffs next year. It's still going to be a team with a lot of holes. Um, and I, I think that I think that it would be it would put this team back a long way and cost a lot of people their jobs if they have to draft a guy that they're not in love with. And that's it, it, it sucks. It sucks because the plan was not this, but the plan changed when Brian Flores decided to play
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick instead of Josh Rosen. I mean I don't I
1: don't
0: honestly I don't think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the reason that that this team is winning. Do you? I mean it's come it, on now.
1: He's the reason they won the Jets game. They, they, they would not have won the Jets game if not for him. Now, I know Brian Flores was terrible in the Colts game. And so, look, they were very unlucky against the Colts. They caught the third-string quarterback. And they started, the, they started a much better quarterback against the Jets, which that's well within Brian Flores' right. But how is that Chris Greer's fault? How is that his plan failing?
0: Well, when, uh, excuse me. No, Chris Greer is Ryan, Brian Flores' boss. So if Chris Greer really – you know, he's telling the owner this and that. Well, tell the coach this and that, dude. I mean, he stood up to the owner about Minka Fitzpatrick uh, last year, but he didn't stand up to the coach about Minka Fitzpatrick this year. Uh, I
1: agree. Uh, I think it would be really hard for the GM to tell the head coach who to start a quarterback. It would be really hard.
0: I think it's really hard for the GM to tell the owner, we're picking this guy, we're not trading down. And yet, that happened. Yeah. And, and he was – I'm glad that he did it. He picked a good player. Unfortunately, the good player is now a defensive player of the year candidate for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That, that, but that good player could be Tua Tungabailoa in,
1: in four months. and Or and, not. Or and, that but, good,
0: But if it is, if they get was pick number 11 overall, and now you're going to get and was a top 10 type of guy.
1: Yeah. We've we've had a lot of fun today. This is an awesome debate.
0: I want to keep going. I want to keep going. I'm not ready. We we will
1: continue this, I promise, but we have to take a second and talk about the news of the day, and that news is uh, not fun at all. It's actually uh, an awful look for certainly the player and the organization as a whole, uh, Mark Walton, who was already on the fitness device, uh, was arrested again uh, Tuesday morning by baby police, and according to the police report, after learning that his girlfriend was five weeks pregnant, um, he beat her up, uh, pushed her against the wall and punched her in the face. Obviously, that's the police allegation. It hasn't been proven in a court of law but that was enough for the Miami Dolphins to cut him summarily, move on, be done with him forever, and he's likely out of the National Football League forever as well. Um, I can't ask you for a hot take on that, obviously, but your thoughts briefly until we get out of here on on uh, on what happened today.
0: Here's my hot take. you You knew what you were getting, okay? And you weighed the risk versus the reward and decided the risk is worth it. Today... The Miami Dolphins brand is sullied uh, more than it was yesterday or the day before. So the Miami Dolphins decided that that would be okay with them if that ever happened. They brought that on themselves. It's not like Mark Walton hadn't done similar or close to similar or been in legal problems before. And yet the Miami Dolphins, knowing this, took him on. And so there it is. There you got it.
1: Yeah, it's um, hopefully uh, they'll learn from a mistake like this. I won't. What, what, what's jaw dropping to me is that they gave up a bit of their brand, a bit of their credibility, a bit of their respect, as you as you put it, for a guy that's just a guy. That to me is the exactly. most. That to me is the most jaw dropping part of this. He is a fine number two running back in the National Football League. It's not like you were getting in his peak, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson. It's not. And maybe that's what they'll learn, that if it's a close call, don't do it. Because it's, at, at the end of the day, you're just going to get burnt
0: by it. Well, it's not about if it's a close call. If the upside is so compelling that it it, it is worthy of the risk, then I understand it. But as you said... This guy's a jag and was when he got here. He's just a guy. And so the upside was, if everything goes great, we've got a mediocre running back. Awesome! Come on, now. <laughs> that, that is not smart. That is not smart. No. Now, if this guy was, as you said, in his prime Adrian Peterson – if everything goes great, now we've got in his prime Adrian Peterson. But it wasn't, and he never was going to be that. That's the sad thing about this.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, we'll get uh, Brian Flores uh, tomorrow, and I'm sure he'll be asked about that. And he'll be asked, uh, does he regret giving a player with a bunch of red flags get one last chance? And I would hope he'd say uh, he does regret it and that they made a mistake because they obviously did. Uh, on that cheery note,
0: Armando, shall we call it for a week? Hmm. Shall we call it? Oh, okay. what 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 was this again? It was the what edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast? Is this?
1: <laughs> We're tanking, but not really. Oh my God, it's too late.
0: <laughs> it feels like the the Beasley portion of it was let's tank again for next year. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> <My God. laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, we're going to uh, be back next week after the Cleveland Browns tilt, a Thanksgiving Day edition of the Dolphins In-Depth podcast. Join us then.